Broadcasting live from the Roswell Infinity Studio, it's time for North Atlanta's BizLink, the greater North Fulton Chamber of Commerce linking you to business leaders. North Atlanta's BizLink is brought to you by Veritech. Veritech, great people, remarkable service. And hello again, everybody. It's Mike Salmon here from the Roswell Infinity Studio at Digital Ignition here in Alpharetta. And alongside Deborah Lanham from the Greater North Fulton Chamber of Commerce, this is North Atlanta's BizLink. Good morning, Deborah. Good morning, Mike. Always a pleasure to see you here in the studio. Great to be back with you today. What's going on with you? Last time I saw you was at the big Tri-County Chamber event at the Verizon Amphitheater. That was a great evening. And I think we had 700, 750 uh, total guests and staff. Amazing to bring all of the Chambers of Commerce together in our region. It was a lot of fun. It was packed. It good, was. Good food and good networking. I you know, scouted out my table early. <laughs> now, is this something that we can expect every year, you think, with the other chambers? Well, Vince De Silva is my counterpart at Gwinnett. He's an awesome guy, and we um, huddled up, and we would love to do it with them. They've invited us to, to, to look at this in 18, so we're all we're on board. We want to do that. Good news. Well, great to have you back in the studio, and I know you've got a wonderful guest, and uh, so looking forward to today's show. Well, thank you. Excited to be with you all today. Welcome, audience. We do have a lot going on at the Greater North Fulton Chamber of Commerce, as always, here for you. We are a pro-business organization and want to make sure we're moving you forward. Today, I am honored to welcome our special guest, Michael Lundmark, who is the founder and CEO of Jekyll Brewing. Welcome, Michael. Thank you. Thank you. So great to have you here today. And I feel like we're friends because... I've been watching you for a while. How many years now have you been in business? Four years. Four years. Don't feel like we're friends. We are friends. We are. (laughs) It's a for sure. It's official. We are. And uh, congratulations. Um, I would just like to start right off the bat saying congratulations to you, our 2017 Small Business Person of the Year Award winner. Congrats. Thank you. So that was a big morning. Uh, I did not know on purpose. I wanted to be surprised. We had some great candidates. You also won the person of the year, a person of excellence. Um, and so really two honors for you that day. You know, there's there's so many great people that were up for that award. And it's always humbling. It's always humbling to get that. It's a great honor. It's a great chamber. It's the best chamber I've ever seen. Really just glad to be a part of it. Well, thank you for those words, and uh, it was a great morning, as I said. Uh, it was in the Exit Enterprise format, our breakfast event, but we turned that into an awards breakfast, and the whole community came out and supported. Um, good for you, and this this should be something that definitely um, kind of catapults you even further down in terms of name recognition, not only for Jekyll Brewing, but you personally as a professional and someone that has really given a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to this business. It's always nice to be recognized for the efforts you give. You know, we work hard every day and so passionate about what we do. So it's it's nice to get the recognition. Well, and you have a great team. And right here, headquartered in Alpharetta, certainly something special. So we're going to take a little bit of time to, today to talk about Jekyll Brewing. So why don't you give us an overview of the company and kind of update us on where things are at today? Sure. It's, it's my favorite topic as well. Yes, it should be. <laughs> Yeah, so Jekyll Brewing is, we are now the the third largest independent craft brewer in the state of Georgia. After being in business for four years, that's that's really a a tremendous honor. And I'm really proud of our our team for being able to put the grind in every day and 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 accomplish 
being the third largest independent craft brewer. Independence, the key word there, right? So in the craft beer industry, being an independent brewer is very important. It means you're not owned by a multinational brewer and, and you're generally community, community-based and community-driven as we try to be. So uh, things at Jekyll are doing good after four years of being in business. Um, uh, incredible growth. Work hard every day to, to make sure we keep that growth chaos kind of <laughs> wrapped up, I right? Understand. Sure. Great problem to have, though. With a, when we wake up and we're not excited to go to work, there's a problem. And every day we wake up and I'm excited to get to work. So we're up to 39 full-time employees now. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, which is great. And and I've never seen anything like this in any other type of business where every one of our 39 employees, they're, they're so uh, passionate about what they do and they're so excited to be there every single day. You never see that, right? You, 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 you go into uh, almost any other industry and people are at a job. And uh, with a craft brewery, it's different. Everybody hundred percent of the people are, are so excited to be there. An example of that is a guy we hired about a year ago. He came to me with his resume and wanted a job working as a sellerman in our brewery. So if you brew or you're a sellerman, you're, you're almost a full-time janitor. Making good beer is more about cleaning than it is about, about brewing to make sure you have a great product. And this gentleman gave me his, his resume. He had a master's degree from Yale half was halfway through his doctorate to be a doctor and he and he left all of that to come work at a brewery and and make beer because that's what he's passionate about you know that just sounds like a whole lot more fun too <laughs> yeah it's it, it's 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 less sexy when you do it than than what it sounds like before you get into it so it's good that's great and it seems to be a, a seller what did you call a sellerman so sellerman yeah so we have brewers that that actually mix up the raw ingredients and, and brew the beer and then it goes into our cellar where the fermentation occurs and, and the, the great science that it actually turns into beer there. So we say brewers make wort, W-O-R-T is beer before it ferments. Brewers make wort. It's the cellarmen that make the beer, right? Because they're actually yeah. turning it into beer. Well, it's so important and quality of product, I'm sure, is wrapped up in all of that. Yeah, yeah. So a little bit about Jekyll um, in our story. I'm admittedly a damn Yankee. Right. Moved to the South. Glad to call it home since 2004. So where did you move here from? From Buffalo. Okay. So we lived in Buffalo, moved around Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Detroit, uh, Philadelphia, um, and got to, got to visit all of, uh, all of the great Northeast, great spots up there. Every place we lived, uh, we'd move from, from my job and my wife would always judge each place we lived by when she went to the supermarket, how friendly the people were, right? So <laughs> yeah, you, sure. you you go down the aisle and they, they, they smile and greet you or they don't look at you, right? And so the day we moved to Georgia was a great day. She went to Walmart to pick up some, some side things and, uh, and she came home and she said, we're home and we're mm-hmm. not ever me- moving from the South. And she apparently had a great experience at Walmart. Ironically, three days later, she went back and she had her purse stolen. Uh, <laughs> but it didn't change. Not her, as welcoming as we'd hope. <laughs> didn't change her point of view. So uh, I knew I wanted to, to start a brewery um, and was really locked into the concept in 2010. And then in 2011 decided, all right, we're going to, we're going to make the leap and move forward. The timing was right in the industry, but I needed a way to win the love of the South uh, with a good brand, right? Being mm-hmm. a damn Yankee, I thought, well, what do folks in the South uh, what are they most passionate about? And and 
my sense was people from the South are most, most, most passionate about being from the South. So if I could find the, the history of beer and teach them about the history of beer in their own area, that'd be a good hook. So I did a little bit of research and I'm a history buff and I learned that the first brewery of the Deep South was built on uh, Jekyll Island uh, in 1738. Oh my goodness. And the nearest brewery at the time was in Virginia. So I, it was it was perfect for us, right? A lot so, of history there. Yeah. yeah. So we jumped right in as Jekyll Brewing and and uh, and took off. So you mentioned you did some traveling and and spent a lot of time in the north. Uh, I'm a Detroit girl, so I totally understand. And by the way, are you a hockey fan? Living in Buffalo and yeah. Detroit, those are some solid uh, hockey markets for sure. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Okay. Pittsburgh Penguins is where it was at until we got here. Then we became Thrasher fans pretty quickly. We we tried to do that. Yep. It, d- it didn't uh, stick. Um, but you moved around. So what were you doing before Jekyll? What was your career path like? Uh, give us a little um, inside to you know your the career path that you um, have been on your journey. Yeah, sure. So early my early days of trying to decide what it is that I wanted to do. I had a, a passion for aviation. So I went to flight school and uh, became a pilot. And I was traveling a path of uh, becoming a commercial pilot. It's an expensive path to travel. Um, so I, I made it 90% of the way, but not 100. The day my dad called me and said, you need to pay for your own flight fees was the day that I quit. That'll do it. <laughs> that does it, right. It's now uh, your dime. Yep. So yeah. I didn't want to get out of that. The aviation industry, the aviation industry is, a, is another great industry to be in. Um, and I was fascinated by markets, so oil and gas was fascinating to me. So um, I got into uh, aviation, oil and gas, and um, started bringing some technology background into that to figuring out how I could streamline processes and learned about a, a big problem in the oil and gas industry when they deliver fuel to airplanes. It's a pretty complicated paper trail. So put some technology to it, found the good people to partner with that could help me tie technology together and found a, a good way to make refueling airlines, airplanes, uh, a paperless process. So then got to work on that with the right partners and, and um, working with IATA, the International Airline Transportation Association, to market to airlines to get them to streamline the solution. It was actually really important. The cost of fuel for airlines went through the roof in 2008. And where their fuel was, was really important to them. And they really had no idea. So being able to bring them good solutions was very helpful. And the fact that I lived here in Delta was right down the road was really important as well. Northwest Airlines was a great partner of mine. And then when Delta purchased them, it was a perfect, a perfect um, segue. So really covered every, um, every time zone on the globe because there's airlines the whole way around the globe. Kept me busy. Sure. Yeah. Kept me busy. Yeah. So back to Jekyll Brewing. Yeah. I've been over there, taken a couple tours. Uh, Some things have certainly changed, and I think legislation is finally on your side. Update us on the tap room and the experience one might be able to expect coming on into Jekyll. There's some awesome things happening there. So legislation changed September 1 of this year that finally Georgia was the second to last state in the country to allow you to buy beer in a, in a brewery, right? So thank gosh, you can finally come into our brewery now and you can buy a pint, you can buy a flight of different beers, you can buy a six-pack to go, you can buy a case of beer to go. That's great. That's awesome. 
it's great for us. So yes. So we changed our um, we changed our format in our tap room to provide for table service and uh, seating for quite a few people. Um, we have twenty six different taps that we run, twenty six different beers that we make on it. Which is before I brag too much about it, I'm trying to verify. I don't think there's another brewery in the state of Georgia that that runs twenty six taps and twenty six products. Um, I don't think that there's even another brewery that runs half of that. And I'm sitting here thinking, I know my favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kolsch is my absolute favorite. Yeah. Jekyll. Big um, Creek's a good one. Big yeah. Creek is a great one. And then you've got Hop Diggity Dang. Is that? Hop I, Dang Diggity. Hop Dang Diggity. Yeah. Um, and I know there's others. The Southern Juice. Southern Juice uh, is a good one. 26. I had no idea. Well, so what the new laws really did for us is... Previous to the new laws, you'd come into our tap room for a tour and we'd give you some samples of beer. And almost 100% of the time, they were beers you could also buy out at your local bottle shop or Kroger or Publix. And you didn't get uh, an opportunity to really dive into good creative beers. So with the new law, uh, we really ramped up our pilot brewing. So we brew production beer on a 50-barrel brew house. We make a lot of beer at a time on the production system. But then we have a pilot system that we make one barrel at a time. And it's kind of our R&D shop. And it lets our brewmaster, Josh, you know, really get creative and try new things. So now you can come in and drink those beers and and learn so much more about uh, the type of flavor profiles that we can put together in good beers um, and have 26 different opportunities. And then on top of all of that, when you're ready to go, we put a little um, 16-ounce canning machine in the tap room. So if one of those pilot beers really wets your whistle, then you ask the server and they'll can it for you right in front of you. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Wonderful. It's exciting. It is. And if folks have not had a chance to come over and visit, uh, before we say goodbye, I want to make sure we know, and you can do it now, what are the hours the tap room sure. holds? Well, so we're, we're on uh, Marconi Drive, so you have to come down Windward. You go up 400, exit 11, hang a right, two traffic lights, hang a right, and we're on Marconi Drive. We're open every day of the week except for Mondays. On, on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we run shorter hours, so we open from 5 to 9. On Thursday, uh, I'm sorry, that was Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. On Friday, we're open from 4 to midnight, so you can come before you go out for dinner or after you go out for dinner. And then on Saturdays from 12 to 12, so you can get the, the good college football games Go dogs, by the way. Yeah, roll tide. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Can't believe this Yankees saying roll tide, but I, it's, it's rolling right off the tongue. So 12 yeah. to 12 Saturday and, and 12.30 to 7.30 on Sunday. So good hours there to be able yeah, to come excellent. in and, and check it out. We've got some outdoor seating and um, bring your kids, bring your dogs. Yeah, it's great. Bring your dogs. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to ask the question for, for the, that person that has never tried a craft brew. Yeah. What would you say to them? I'm, I'm happy with my, you know, fill in the blank, big name distributor or whatever brewery. Sure. Uh, wh- what would you say to that person to say, you know, give it a try. What, what is it that, that, that detracts your customer? Yeah. So it's really beer with flavor. You're leading me into. You got me already. You're leading a beer me with into, actual flavor. <laughs> you're, you're leading me into a great segue. There's, um, there's some big name breweries that have been around our entire lifetimes that make an amazing American lager, right? But so you should know something. You should know that after prohibition, pre-prohibition, there was about 3,000 breweries in the country. When prohibition came along, it wiped everybody out. 
after Prohibition, 40 breweries were able to get back open again. And they looked around at each other and they thought, wow, this is an opportunity. We need to create some barriers to entry to keep this market small or to keep our market share big. And they did a really good job at that, right? So um, World War II came along. Sorry, I keep going into this history stuff, but I love it. Mm -hmm. World War II came along and all the guys that were drinking beer, they all went to war, right? Remember all the ladies, great generation. Mm -hmm. Um, All the ladies went went into the factories and picked up all the factory jobs. And these brewers, these 40 brewers that remained, they were trying to figure out how do we market to these women? The beer they made prior to that was similar to the beer that Jekyll makes today. But come World War II, ladies in the factory, they realized they needed to create a product that they could market to ladies. And they, they took the American lager, tried to figure out a way they could remove flavor. So they use rice and corn as fermentables, which actually takes flavor out of the beer. And then they started a campaign for ice cold beer. This was a manufactured marketing campaign. The colder you make your beer, the less flavor you can taste in it. So one, take out barley, insert rice, removing flavor. Two, make it ice cold and make everyone believe that ice cold is the way it needs to be. And you won't taste a thing. And they did a great job and they kept everybody out of the, out of the, uh, out of the market. A lot of people don't realize this as well. From the great state of Georgia, Jimmy Carter is the president that freed beer. So in 1979, up to 1979, it was illegal to homebrew. So you didn't have a lot of people even trying it to get the great idea of opening a business. Well, in 1979, Jimmy Carter repealed that and he made it legal to homebrew again. So if you look at the, uh, the generations of craft brewers, 1979, people start homebrewing. 1981, 82, you start seeing Sam Adams, Sierra Nevada, you know, some of these large national craft brewers today opening up that thought, man, I, I'm a good home brewer. I can make a, make a career out of this and they move forward. So what you should expect is flavor. You know, we try and put a good description to, to each style that we make to really give you a good idea of what that flavor is going to be. Tuesday this week, we're launching uh, a new style or a new brand. Uh, it's called Southern Juicy Juice. <laughs> It's a New England style IPA and it's an experience, right? So you pour this beautiful beer into a glass and you look at it and it looks like a glass of juice. It doesn't look like a glass of beer and you smell it and you taste it and it tastes like it's 50% pineapple juice, 40% grapefruit juice and 10% orange juice. And it's an experience like none other because it's it's not what you expect when you bring it to your lips to taste like a beer when it tastes like juice and it looks like juice. So that's exciting. And that is. Little plug, we're, we're, we're launching that on Tuesday, Tuesday. in our tap room. So 5 o'clock Tuesday, there should be a pretty hefty line outside of our, our doors for people waiting to get this, this great new product. So you talk about history, and I think of, and I'm from the north, grew up in Michigan, and Founders is out of Grand Rapids. Think about what has happened uh, just in uh, my state, uh, Spent some time in Cincinnati this last weekend, and you know, I thought about that history of the beers, like Hudapol in a Germantown, you know, in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, history means something that that kind of gives uh, foundation to what you're doing in it, and I would think inspiration to take it even further in terms of the craft beer. But in Michigan, for example, along the West Coast, which is Lake Michigan. 
there are beer tours and literally all the craft breweries in the area um, have mapped out where uh, a fan can start um, their tasting, you know, in southern Michigan and go all the way up to the tip of the state. It's yeah, beer, a lot of fun. Beercations, we call them. Beercations. <laughs> so what are we doing in Georgia uh, yep. similar to make sure? I know, you know, we have other breweries in town, but what are we doing here to bring you all together as a community? Yeah, so it's it's been a long journey. Georgia's held back on the laws for so long and made it so difficult. And then our state tax rates are higher as well. So it's kept a lot of a lot of brewery growth down. This year we're at sixty-three breweries in the state of Georgia. Four years ago, I think we were at twenty-six ish. So there's some good progress with new brewers growing. There's a couple of tour companies that put together tours where you can buy a ticket, get on a bus, and they drive you from brewery to brewery to brewery. There you go. Yep. Or or you can visit the one that has 26 different offerings. Yes. We, <laughs> why go anywhere else? <laughs> and you don't have to leave Alpharetta. That's right. Or come to Alpharetta. Uber's sure. made it great, though. Yes. If you're Uber in, Eats, can we can we get... <laughs> abs- I wish. We're working on that, actually. We really are. Wouldn't that be fun? It would be great. Yeah. And then, uh, actually, for anybody in Georgia that's got a passion for beer, Asheville, uh, Asheville, North Carolina, is the best spot in on the East Coast to go for beer, for sure. Um, the whole community is built around breweries, so it's, it's a fantastic spot. Not to so, chase anyone out of Georgia. No, but. but let's talk about that entrepreneur, too. Are you the teachable uh now small business person of the year that's going to show others how they can do this too, or is it just too competitive out there? You kind of want to, obviously you want to keep your stake in the game, but you know, if others want to get into the business. Are you yeah. open to sharing your story and how others can get into this business? Yeah, absolutely. So um, one of the things we've actually reached out for is, is I look for um, breweries and planning and then we go and we actually seek them out and try and help them. So it's a very community-oriented business, right? So we're all we're all in it together as small brewers. Rising tides tides rise all ships, and we very live good. by that. So we seek out new brewers, one for mentorship, and two for offering contract brewing services to them. Oh, very so good. very capital intensive. So if you want to start a brand, and you've and you've you've got it put together, and you, you're a real business, then then we can help you and and basically brew your beer for you, put the label on it, teach you what you need to know about the business so you can get your own doors open. Very good. Well, Michael, I'm going to come back to you. I uh, just want to take a minute to uh, introduce everyone to Nicole Sturgis. She was with me a couple shows ago. Nicole, glad to have you here. Thank you, Deborah. Always love being here. Nicole's our marketing coordinator and making sure that we are getting the message out to all of you in North Atlanta. Nicole, why don't you give us an update on what is coming up at the Chamber in the next few weeks? Sure. So we have a lot of exciting things always happening. Lots of fun stuff. Uh, In particular, this month, I am most excited about our healthcare summit coming up on uh, October 31st. It's going to be a great event. Uh, Governor Nathan Deal is going to be headlining. He's going to be our keynote speaker. And this event is presented by the Southeast Permanente Medical Group. We also have just wonderful community leaders and a great panel from all the top hospitals uh, here in Georgia uh, that are going to really um, give us updates on what's going on in healthcare, uh, discussing those leading issues uh, hospitals are encountering today. So encourage you all to register for that as tickets are going quickly. 
We also have a lot of member-driven events coming up, um, which is exciting. So always check our community calendar um, under our upcoming events page on our website, www.gnfcc.com. And that's the best way to stay up to date. Follow us on social media. Check all of our newsletters. Twitter, at GNFCC is our handle. Instagram, North Fulton Chamber. And LinkedIn and Facebook, you can search GNFCC as well. Um, and that's a great way to stay up to date. But lots of exciting things. I also want to mention one of our members' events coming up, CyberHub Summit. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. It's going to be um, downtown at the CNN Center at the Omni, I believe, um, November 8th through 9th. And just really raising awareness on cybersecurity and uh, what's going on in in, um, in today in the world with with, with all of that. So um, that'll be an excellent event to attend. Well, that sounds great. Nicole, thank you for updating us. And as she mentioned, check out gnfcc.com for all details on events coming up. Yes. Well, Michael, this has been wonderful having you spend a few minutes with us. I always love to end the show allowing you to just share with us what matters most to you. Well, you know me well enough to know what matters most for me, and it's my faith. Um, My faith guides my moral compass every day, and every time we run into hurdles, which is every day as a business owner, you know, we look at the hurdle as an opportunity, Um, and sometimes we can't jump over it, and sometimes we can't jump around it, so then we pull out our shovel and we dig under it and and find a way through, and uh, my faith is always my moral compass on that, Um, and once you get in tune with that, you get good answers and good results, so that's... That's what guides me every day and what's most important to me, for sure. Oh, very good. Thank you for sharing. And great to know we're not alone in all of this. Well, this has been a great time uh, spent. Mike Salmon, what could I do without you? I really couldn't make this happen. You're a great engineer and appreciate you being here. We love Mike. Yes, we do. What was that, Nicole? We love Mike. (laughs) I'll say it again, loud and clear. (laughs) Let me turn you up even louder. (laughs) Another great show and and really a a nice interview with a a top, you know, successful entrepreneur. I mean, Michael, congratulations on your success and and keep it going. I mean, I think, you know, I've been listening to the interview and, and you always hear growing up, you know, beer is an acquired taste and it really doesn't need to be, it sounds like anymore. That's true. Sounds like I can come in and, you know, you got the new, new, uh, t- new one coming out, uh, being debuted. It's something that I don't need to acquire the taste anymore. Something that I can taste for the first time go, this is really good. It's there's, quite good. Yeah, there's always something for everybody. Different profiles all the way across. Thank you again to our guest, Michael Lundmark uh, with uh, Jekyll Brewing for joining us here on the show. And, and great job as usual, Deborah. And we'll do it again next month. Sounds great, Mike. Thank you. All right. For everybody involved, again, a reminder, this has been North Atlantis BizLink, the Greater North Fulton Chambers show here on Business Radio X.